Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody, welcome to our podcast, Dead or Survive. I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches, and I am going to throttle you. Why? <laughs> because you're being a smart ass. What did I do? <laughs> what did you just say? Welcome to Dead or Survive, where my podcast where my wife always tells me that she's ready when she's not or some shit. Did you not some tell shit. me did you not count me down one, two, three? Yeah. And did then- you hit the switch? <laughs> no. So you tell, hurry up, one, two, three, we're going to go. And then what do you do? And then I have to listen to your smartassery. What's wrong with my smartassery? <laughs> if it wasn't for my smartassery, you wouldn't be laughing. And it's not smartassery. And I didn't even bring it up. You brought it up. <laughs> Anyways, here we are. <laughs> Yay. Carrying on. We do really like each other. <laughs> we do. Sort of. <laughs> So, what do you got to say? I got nothing. You got nothing? This is your last week up in uh, Cambridge. You're going to come back to Woodstock, hang out with us for a while. Back to the real world. Back to the real world, no more playing. Mm -hmm. What do you got? I got nothing. (laughs) We got some new listeners out of the paint shop. We got a new uh, Mr. Kyle listening to us. So, Kyle, welcome to uh, Dead or Survive. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you've got any friends out there that might want to listen to it, you should really let them know about us and send them links and do everything because we beg at the end of the show, before the show, and everything like that. Yeah, we just, we like to beg. Yeah. <laughs> our listening views, or listening views, yeah, our <laughs> listening views, because you view while listening. <laughs> we're at 666 today, so <laughs> that's kind of cool. So we need to hurry up and post this and get a new listener <laughs> to change that. Yes, or... Or, uh, yeah, we need new listeners. That's all yeah. we need. Yeah. <laughs> There's no aura about it. Yeah. And we're also, you said this is a landmark episode, episode it 14. It is. We've got it this far, so we've made it more than half of the podcast out there. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and you started off with yelling at me. That's how you <laughs> celebrated our 14th episode. <laughs> Yay, we made it. I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> and your smart assery. <laughs> Yep. Uh, just so you guys start. know, uh, the longer she goes without wine, the crankier she gets. <laughs> oh, and she's still going without wine. So that's what's going on right now. We are I almost at five cranky. weeks without wine. <laughs> yeah, that's like impressive. It's kind of impressive. A little bit <laughs> yeah. scary on my end. We were in the grocery store getting groceries today and we walked past the aisle where the aisle, the wine is and her hands were shaking. And <laughs> well, I she just sobbed. had to go say hi to my friends. <laughs> 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 I miss my friends. Tell them how much I miss them. <laughs> I read her a thing the other day where it said, I'm having salad. Well, it's got fruit in it. Well, it's made of grapes. Okay, well, it's fermented grapes. Okay, well, it's wine. Because <laughs> that's how sad yeah. she is. <laughs> but soon, soon this testing will be over. Yep, yep. And you can introduce stuff. I can start reintroducing things. Probably, well, we're going to go see my brother and his new farm my brother and his wife and his new farm so i don't think i should mess with it then probably when we get back from there that's right we got one week left and we're on holidays and then we're gonna quit our jobs and go and work on a horse farm 
Yeah, I like it. Barry and Rachel, look out, we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> nice thing is they're probably gonna, your brother probably doesn't even listen to our podcast. Yeah. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> That's true. I'm coming up to be the new rip. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what? Don't make me take you to the train station. I don't think there's any mountains around there. You're out of luck. You never know. It could be a snow drift. <laughs> yeah, there's probably big a, snow What do I need a mountain over. for? <laughs> That's where they dump the bodies. No, I just need a train station. <laughs> there's no real train station. You know that, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But they just dump them off of a hill. They don't go up to the top of the mountain. But it's a pretty big hill. Well, we'll find a big <laughs> ditch. There's a pond at the back of his property, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Well, yeah, see, I'll just yeah. take them fishing. With concrete. <laughs> I'll just take them yeah. fishing. <laughs> Anyways, now that we've admitted that we're going to start killing people on a podcast that's perfect, uh, out perfect. there. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move on to something else. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's hope we don't become an episode of Survived. <laughs> yeah. Or Darwin. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I can't ask you if you've got. Well, I guess you've got a drink over I there. I do right? have a drink. Yep. Same so as last week. You got a drink. Yeah. Got a story. I do. Well, then I guess you can let it rip. Unless you want to yell at me some more first. No, I don't. I'm no? good. You're good. Yeah. You got it out of your system. Yeah. All right. So last week I let you off a little bit easily, right? I made it. I really? Made, <laughs> you got a week off. One week. <laughs> We're bringing it back. <laughs> oh God! Here we go. <laughs> We're going back to the ocean. How bad can the ocean be, right? I don't know, unless a shark bites your leg <laughs> off and you're stuck out in the middle of the ocean forever while rotting. Well, we'll find out. Did I just do the whole thing? No. Oh, good. Not at all. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you about Terry Joe Depero. Deperault? Depero. The story begins with Terry Joe's father, Arthur. Arthur Deperault. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say it differently every time, maybe. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> Arthur Curry was Aquaman. We're not talking about Aquaman. I just thought Arthur was kind of, you know. Oh. And, <laughs> and you said the ocean. The ocean. <laughs> All right. Common theme. All right. Arthur was a prominent optometrist from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And he had a dream of sailing around the world. So Arthur saved up all his money and in 1961, he'd saved enough money to take a two-week vacation, like a practice run. So they're they're going for two weeks to practice what who's, it might like be what it might be like to sail around the world. Who is just him or Arthur and his whole family? So it's him and his wife Jean, along with his three children, Brian, who's 14, Terry Joe, who's 11, and Renee, who is seven. So they chartered a yacht that was named the Blue Bell. And the plan was to do a tour from Florida to the Bahamas. A three-hour tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they set out on November 8th. They also um, had a skipper. So Arthur had a... <laughs> <laughs> now we're really into three-hour tour, right? You guys don't understand that <laughs> reference because you're a little too young. Gilligan's yeah. Island. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? When I when I posted our other ocean story, I said something about a three hour tour. And nobody listened, and my daughter let me know that everybody thought it was three hours. They didn't get the reference, so I had to change it. <laughs> well, yeah, like that's a, you know old Gilligan's Island is. <laughs> Anyways, I thought that I, that made me feel old. <laughs> Anyways, they hire this skipper who is like an old friend of Arthur's. And his name is Julian Harvey. Julian was a former Marine and a World War II veteran. Was he chubby and wear a blue shirt? No. Oh. Skipper was red shirt. 
Skipper. Oh, no, no, no. Gilligan, Gilligan. was red Never shirt. mind. I, yes, you're right. Hey, did we record that? Yeah, we did we record it that I was right? <laughs> so who the hell was the captain? The Skipper. He wore the blue shirt. Well, Gilligan wore the red one. The professor wore the, the okay, white but shirt. In this boat, Arthur is the captain. And Julian Hervey is the skipper. So who is the captain? There was no captain. It was just a skipper. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, that's the way this story read. Okay. Okay. So Julian also brought his new wife four months they, four months before they had gotten married, and her name was Mary. And the deal was that Mary would prepare the meals while they were out on this trip. So the trip was going well and the families were getting along and everything was good for the first five days. They spent the week snorkeling, spearfishing, and exploring uninhabited islands. Sounds like a dream, right? Till one of those islands have <laughs> natives on them that eat you. You're just going to try to guess? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We're talking about after World War II and you think there's cannibal natives near the Bahamas? There is. Okay. <laughs> okay, carrying on. On the fifth day, Terry went to bed. Terry's the 11th, 11 year old, right? She went to bed a little bit earlier than the rest and she went to her cabin and normally she would share that with her little sister, but her little sister wanted to uh, sleep with her parents that night. So that's what was going on. Around 11 o'clock, Terry was woken up by screaming and stamping. She could hear her brother yelling, help daddy, help. Terry was understandably scared and stayed in her bed, but then the screaming stopped. So she got the courage to go upstairs, but when she got there, she found her mother and her brother lying on the floor and blood everywhere, and they were clearly dead. She saw Julian walking towards her, and when she asked him what had happened, Julian slapped her, Julian slapped her across the face and told her to go back down below deck. So Terry Joe went back down below deck, but not before Terry took notice that there was nothing wrong with the boat. The rigs were standing and the masts were intact. Even the water was calm that night. So she goes back to her cabin. She's terrified. She's huddling in her bed. And then soon the bedroom started filling with black, oily water. And she sat there in the bed watching her bedroom fill up with water. Um, at one point, Harley came to Harley. Oh, my God. Harvey comes to the doorway with a rifle in his hands. And he just stood in the doorway for a while, staring at Terry. And Terry Joe closed her eyes and held her breath, expecting the worst. Are we there yet? Are you with me still? Absolutely. Why? <laughs> no, okay. okay. Just listening. <laughs> but Harvey just turned around and went back up the deck. Terry stayed in her bed until the water was as high as her bed, and then it was clear this, that the ship was sinking, so her fight or flight kicked in, and she knew that she had to get out of her bed. So she goes to the top of the deck, and she sees Harvey there again. And she says to Harvey, is the boat sinking? And he says, yes. And he's holding the line to the life dinghy. Harvey instructed Terry to hold the line for a minute while he went and grabbed some stuff. So, okay, I'm confused. Who's Harvey? Uh, Julian Harvey. It's so sometimes I'm calling him by his last name. It's Julian Harvey is his full name. Oh. He's the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think that's going to confuse other people when you're switching back and forth with names? I don't know. I always do that. Oh, boy. <laughs> now you've clarified. They'll be fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It's all fine. <laughs> I see that dog meme is sitting there with the flames all around him. It's fine. It's all fine. Everybody's good. It's all fine. So Terry's standing there. She's an 11-year-old who's just seen her family dead on the deck of a sinking boat. And in his hand, she's handed the line of a life raft. And he's like, hold this, right? 
And she's just staring into space. She's like dazed out. She's clearly in shock. And the rope just kind of slides through her hand and into the ocean. So as the dinghy's floating away, Harvey comes back and says, did you let go of the line? And she's like, yes. And Harvey dove into the water to go catch the life raft and left Terry on the deck of the sinking ship. Okay. Now we're past the spoiler parts. Julian Harvey is a giant piece of shit. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about his past that obviously Arthur didn't know when he hired him on as the skipper. Julian had been married five times before Mary. One of Harvey's wives, Joanne, and her mother had died in a mysterious crash when Harvey somehow drove off of a bridge and into a lake. Both of the women drowned and Harvey collected the life insurance. Twice before the Bluebell, Harvey had filed insurance claims for destroyed boats. Both cases were suspicious, but there wasn't any evidence of wrongdoing, and Harvey was able to collect the insurance money. So this guy's like an insurance fiend. Later, Harvey's friends would say that in the first incident, Harvey swerved at an obstacle on purpose, and he set the second on fire. However, when the Coast Guard found and rescued him on his raft three days later, they had no idea about all of these suspicious stories from Julian's past. So the Coast Guard interviewed him, and he claimed that the Blue, the blue Bell had hit some rough waters. He said that the waters damaged the main mast so badly that it broke off and plunged through the cabin and the hull. He said that it ruptured the gas line in the engine room and had started a fire. He said that the rest of the crew either jumped overboard or they were trapped in the rigging and went down with the ship. The Coast Guard was suspicious. Firstly, if a mast broke, it would tip over rather than straight down and straight through the boat, right? Yep, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He also claimed that he asked Arthur to steer while he found cable cutters to cut down the rig and that when the fire broke out, Arthur kept steering in the same direction rather than turning into the wind. So... If he had turned into the wind, right, the smoke would have been blowing away from the boat. I don't know. I guess it's something they teach boaters. The Coast Guard said that Arthur was an experienced sailor and he would have known better. Yeah, you would think if you turned into the wind, maybe the smoke would blow in your face. No, if you turn into the wind, it would be going behind you, right? The wind would be coming and blowing the wind behind you. Okay. Yeah. Um, They also couldn't explain why a lighthouse on a nearby island didn't see the fire. And every time Harvey retold the story to somebody else, his story would change a little. So investigators concluded that Harvey wasn't telling the truth. Good for them. They Yay. figured it out. <laughs> um, so they're in the middle of questioning Harvey as to why he didn't look for flares in the dinghy's emergency kit during the hours of drifting. So that was, I didn't understand this, but I guess he just got out in the boat and didn't try to get help any way. Like he didn't put, flares up he didn't try to steer in the direction of the islands around he just floated around okay so let me get this straight now he jumped off the boat uh-huh. and he was able to get to this the raft to the, to the life raft yeah okay. but then he didn't fl- float around he didn't search for flares he didn't try to get help he just floated around until somebody found him so, but the coast guard did find him anyways when they're asking why it, why he didn't look for the flares somebody came running into the room and said there's a survivor And then Harvey was like, oh, shit, right? He didn't say that. He was trying to be all calm. But he was like, oh, my God, that's wonderful kind of thing, right? Yay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he knows now that the only person that could have survived 
would have been Terry Joe, and Terry Joe knew exactly what happened, so he knows he's in some trouble. Big trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to Terry. As the ship was sinking, Terry grabbed on to, to a small cork dinghy. I'm going to use the term loosely because it wasn't really a dinghy. It was like a four-foot net, like netting on the bottom, and it's surrounded by a ring of cork. It was tiny. It's something that you'd use to bob around in a little lake while you're camping and not something that you'd use as a life raft in the middle of the ocean. I think they maybe brought it to play with, and it wasn't meant to be a life-saving device. Ah, but she turned it into one. Yeah, she did. Good for her. Yeah. I'll, I'll post a picture of the uh, dinghy that she had later. On our Instagram on our page? Instagram page. Because we have one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as she climbed into this floaty, one of the lines, one of the lines from her floaty snagged onto the sinking ship, and she was pulled underwater for a minute until the line came free. And then it popped to the surface, and she was terrified that Harvey was going to see her, so she huddled down so that he wouldn't see her just in case he was still in the same area. She spent three and a half days in the ocean in this thing. She had no food or water. The sun was scorching. It was over 35 degrees Celsius during the day. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. I guess down in the Bahamas, eh? Yeah. For our American friends, that's over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. It was burning her skin, and she would spend her days splashing water on her skin to give her little moments of reprieve. Her mouth was dry and her eyes were burning. And at night, the temperatures would plummet and she would freeze and hope for the sun that was scorching her during the day to warm her back up. Sounds like Canadian, eh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, one minute we're freezing, next minute we're too <laughs> hot true. and we're never happy. <laughs> it's true. But when we go down south, wherever, at night, I like to have a little bit of a hoodie or something because it can get cool. Oh, whatever. You like to have a little <laughs> bit of a glow from the bars. <laughs> <laughs> that's what keeps you warm <laughs> i do have to say though we went camping down in georgia mm -hmm. and it was april mm -hmm. and it was 25 26 degrees was uh, celsius and my wife so that's warm yeah and my wife was sitting around a fire with a hoodie and everything on it wasn't it. that temperature at night it was that temperature at night i have a picture <laughs> i have a picture because i posted it it got cold. <laughs> 25 <laughs> degrees. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, anyways. That's all you got. Carry on. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Three days <laughs> yeah. waiting because she was freezing. Right. The float was so small that she couldn't even lie down and she had to sleep sitting up. But then her raft started to break apart exposing her legs and feet to the sharp teeth of parrotfish. And we've heard about those little bastards before in one of my other stories. They don't sound like very nice fish to have hanging about. They sound like those little demons off of that one show. <laughs> suffer! <laughs> suffer! The, the suffer bugs. I can't remember what that movie was called. Yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> suffer! Um, on the second day of floating, Terry Joe saw a small red plane that kept circling overhead. She screamed and waved her shirt, but the plane never saw her. At one point, it got so low that she could actually see the details of the underside of the plane, but it didn't see her. Really? Yeah. She, her, in his defense, her top was white and her um, PJ pants were like a pale pink, so they would have just blended in with the crest of the waves. Sure. And her, her little cork dinghy was white, too, so it, I could see how it would happen. Hmm. 
Um, at one point, Terry saw some shapes approaching her raft and her heart started racing, thinking that they were sharks, but they turned out to be porpoises that stayed with her for a few hours. Aww. Yeah. Porpoises. Those are like, uh, <laughs> sort of like dolphins. Right. Yeah. With Not bottom. Noses. Yeah. <laughs> On the fourth day, a Greek freighter found her. Captain Theo was the captain. <laughs> that makes sense. Captain Theo is the captain. I'd hate if Captain Theo was the skipper, s- skipper or mess cook or something. Um, he'd been scanning the waters. Did you he- practice this story at all, or you just do? I it? ever practice these stories? <laughs> I don't know. You're supposed to be more organized than me. No, of course not. But when you say the captain Theo is the captain, I, I wasn't really going to say that. I had a different train of thought, and I lost it. And so the I, train I crashed. Back to captain. <laughs> and the train crashed. Um, where was I? <laughs> you were at Captain Captain Theo. <laughs> Captain Theo had been scanning the waters when he noticed something strange in the distance. He thought it was a fishing dinghy, but as he got closer, he was shocked to find Terry in her tiny little raft. So the captain called out to stop the engines. They were worried about knocking her into the water because it was this ginormous ship and she was on this tiny little raft. So even the wake of her boat could have like knocked her off and into the water. They made a makeshift rescue raft. I don't know how they did that. I wasn't able to find that, but they threw some stuff together and made a rescue raft. And while all the while the captain was yelling to hurry because sharks were approaching due to the commotion. So he was watching these sharks starting to swim in the direction of Terry and he's trying to get his crew to get some stuff together to get down there and save her. Yeah, because otherwise they're going to go nom, 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 nom. (laughs) Right. Terry looked up and she saw heads and waving arms and then she felt herself being lifted out of the water and passed out. So I think she was like in and out of consciousness this whole time. She was badly dehydrated, sunburnt, and unconscious. Terry Joe was able to tell the crew her name. She was rushed to a hospital where she spent a few days in a coma. Harvey knew that he was toast. Julian Harvey knew that he was toast. So he went back to his hotel room and he killed himself. Oh, he didn't even get... I hate when they get out of it. (laughs) Yeah, he got out of it. A maid came in the next day and found him in the bathroom with his wrist slit. He left a note to his friend saying, I'm a nervous wreck and I just can't continue. I'm going now. I guess I either don't like life or I don't know what to do with it. So he was still trying to make himself the victim until the very end. He asked for his son to be adopted and to be buried at sea. In this sentence, he asked for his son to be adopted. That's the first I know about a son. So you know as much as I knew about that. Uh, When Terry came out of her coma, she told the investigators what actually happened that night. She told the investigators there was no fire and the masks were still standing. Investigators later learned that Harvey was having money problems and he had taken out a $20,000 life insurance policy on his wife, which doubled if it was an accidental death. After her rescue, Terry Joe was on the cover of Life magazine. It featured a picture that the captain had taken of her right before her rescue. So that's the picture I'm going to throw up on Instagram. It's pretty impressive. So this is what the investigators think really happened. I'll give you the play-by-play. Harvey planned on killing his wife for the insurance money and was trying to make it look like an accident. Arthur heard the commotion in Harvey's cabin and caught him killing Mary. Harvey then stabbed Arthur, followed by his wife and son. 
Renee was probably drowned by being thrown overboard or held underwater. Harvey assumed that Terry would go down with the boat and left her. After recovering, Terry Jo moved in with her aunt, uncle, cousins, and grandmother. It took her many years to accept the death of her father. So she said she never saw his body, so there was like a small chance that he'd still be alive. She was probably hoping, you know, he got amnesia and was washed ashore somewhere or something. So she would spend a lot of the time of her time driving down to South Carolina and Florida until she was in her 30s, hoping to catch a glimpse of her dad. It took her 50 years after the incident to find the strength to give an interview. But she did eventually come out and give an interview. Wow. Yeah. She got married and had two children and eventually wrote a book about the ordeal. And that is Terry Joe Depro. Well, that wasn't that bad. No, it was just children dying, which I know you don't like. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's the way they die. I yeah, mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Being were, cut out yeah. of a stomach or being <laughs> raped and then murdered and yeah. stuff. That, I mean, not that it's good. You know, I don't want anybody to really die, but, you know. Yeah, it wasn't my most gruesome. No. <laughs> Not at all. No. But it was short. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't short. I, we were like... I think you're starting to slack. Oh, I think you got the episode... Maybe you need to pick it up. I think you got the episode 14 and went, I'm going to kick back and relax now. <laughs> Most people don't make it this far, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna throw it whatever I want now. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I don't know. It was longer than last week's, so I can tell you that much, because I checked the word count. <laughs> you checked the word yes. count. <laughs> Oh boy, that's what you're down to now. Oh, my word count's good. I stop. You probably—that's probably why you called him Captain Captain. You need an extra word in there, right? Yeah. Last last week was 500. This week was 501 because I put Captain Captain in there. You figured it out. I know. I know. I'm smart like that. S M R T. I am. Well, I guess if that's the end for you, then that's where I begin. Yep. This is your call. So. Here we go. Okay, what do you got? Who's, I got? What's Johnny doing this week? I got lots of stuff for you. Okay. Do you remember when you were young and all you wanted to do was drive? No. No, because you came from the city. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I, I, it's, it's, no, but it's funny because I, uh, my son's in the city and he doesn't, you know, I mean, he can take a bus and do whatever he wants. You grew up in the city and yeah. a lot of my friends that grew up in the city weren't. I don't care when I get my license, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because you could hop on a bus or... Right. You know, I you didn't go, get my full license, like my full G until I was 30. Yeah. And I, on the other hand, the day I turned 16, went down and got my driver's license. Actually, the day I turned 16 was on a Wednesday. I remember this. And in the small town I grew up in, the um, MTO wasn't open on Wednesdays. Oh, damn. So I turned 16 on Wednesday. I couldn't even... I was itching to write. I had to wait an extra day. <laughs> Run down, write my uh, license, and then three months later, had my driver's license because right, there was I, no. I just missed that cutoff when I I could have got my G quickly like you did, but I was there doing... was no G, there was no right. nothing. Mine was just you just went and got your license, you went and took a test. So I did Young right. Drivers of Canada, and that took me three months to get through that program, and then got yeah. my license. So yeah. um, I, mean, I had to do the whole graduated licensing thing, which probably is a good thing. I've seen you drive. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Yes, I have seen you drive. So anyways, um, out in the country, though, if you don't have a driver's license, you're either riding your bike, looking for a friend, or you're going to mom and dad yeah, taxi or whatever. Yeah, it's a much whatever. bigger deal. Uh -huh. Right? So 
yeah so who wants to do that and especially when you're you know start hitting 16 17 you're starting to think about dating or dating you know going on more sophisticated dates i guess than being right. dropped off at a theater by your parents or whatever so anyways and once i got my license my dad had built um a 1979 corvette right and he let me drive it by Which myself is shocking really no not really it's a little bit shocking it's not shocking so anyways I was taking the car out and I mean, you know, the whole town that I lived in ratted me out and said I was going really fast, which I don't believe. I mean, who would take a 350 with a four barrel unit in it with a, with a blower on it with 911 gears in the ass and a 350 turbo transmission? I mean, that's not a car you drive fast. You have to tell the whole story where his friend was like, you were <laughs> to your dad, you were really ripping around last night. And your dad was like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> that's how you got busted. Yeah. <laughs> People open their mouths. Okay. Yeah. Snitches get stitches. That's what should have happened. <laughs> out there just trying to be a kid. Got handed the keys of the kingdom and they get ratted out. Well, anyways. What our next Johnny did mm -hmm. was similar to that, only it was, um, how should I say, he took his dad's airplane. No. Yeah, both of them. There was two of them. Okay. I'll let you finish your story, but I already have questions. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> Go ahead and ask your questions. Did he have any flight experience? Yes, that's okay. the next thing I was okay. going to say. Okay. Well, I told so, you I was going to let you finish. Um Yes, uh, a plane. Now, they did have their pilot license, so they're out flying, and they decided to join the 410 Club. Do you know what the 410 Club is, Miss? I was going to go get my license? Nope. So the 410 Club is an elite, off-the-record group of daredev daredevils, or stupid people, and they push their uh, airplanes to the to limits, whatever they got. So these guys are flying a CRJ. Uh -huh. So they're pushing it. So 41,000 feet is the limit and they're pushing 41,000 feet while trying to do uh, maneuvers that are uh, not recommended um, or not sanctioned maneuvers. Right. So they're trying to do all these cool things on it and exceeding the speed limit, like the speed recommendations on the plane as well. So they're just basically they got this thing just pinned to the floor and going as high as it can. And they're just. Doing. Sounds kind of epic if they hadn't obviously messed up somehow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Like, that's what this whole 410 club yeah. is about. If you do it, it's, you know, yay. <laughs> However, uh, these academy trained pilots uh, caused a stall warning to come on, overworked the engine, and they also miscalculated their autopilot. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, all the settings and everything was all off. So all of a sudden, the laughing and the fun that they were having turned to panic. Both engines failed. And even if they had decided to own up to what they did, if they would have just owned up and said, okay, we fucked up. We need to. We need help. We need help. Right. And got a hold of the air tower. Yeah. There was, there was several landing fields around oh, okay. them yeah. that they could have got them down into. But no, they never asked for help. They never did anything. They must have thought they could pull themselves out of this. Right. And they crashed into the ground. Oh, no. Yeah, both instantly dead. Oh, both they were brothers? Uh, it didn't say if they were brothers. It, did, it just said, and I just, yeah, it didn't say if they were brothers or not. Oh, it could I just, have been him and his buddy. Yeah, it could have been him and a buddy or whatever. It never gave last names, and I just go yeah. with Johnny, so. Yeah. Uh, 
So anyways, uh, I got looking up some of the, as I do, fatalities, uh, the total, total number of fatalities since 1970 in airplanes is 83,772. Wow, that's a big number. In 1970, that's what, 40 years? I guess. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that I mean, it's a big number, but... I bet you a lot of them are small planes with pe- little people. Well, that or... Um, I don't know. Or, yeah, and then technology, right? Getting better and yeah. better. So now, like, um, I got one on here that says, from 2009 to 2017, there have been less than 170 incidents um, in those few years. But in the years like 1998 and stuff, they were averaging 226 to 250 incidents. Incidents, not yeah, incidents, not not, not necessarily crashes. No, well, crashes, but not necessarily fatalities. Oh, okay. So incidents, so the plane would be damaged, go down or whatever, but right. not people wouldn't die from it. So as technology got better and all that stuff, it uh, kind of yeah, and that probably go down. maintenance schedules and laws and all kinds of different yeah. Things. So like things all all yeah. around it, right? So yeah. uh, seeing the numbers go down makes flying still is flying still rated as one of the safer tra- forms of well, transportation. Yeah. So yeah. I guess you know don't steal an airplane and try to fly it on your own. So. Speaking of things getting better mm-hmm. and technology progressing, right? my next story has stuff to do with that, too. Oh, good. See how my stories segue? Yes. I don't have to segue. I only have one story. This is true. <laughs> and you just add words to make it longer anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as things are invented, uh, first of all, you can't always trust new stuff. I mean, it should be around for a little while, maybe right. stuff that. And then even sometimes when we do put our trust into it and, and all that, you know, like there's still fail points, right? There's still <laughs> things that can fail. You know what I mean? Even if you have the best out there in the world, accidents still happen. That's why there's accidents, you know, like yep. this one little flaw or something like that. So anyways, our next Johnny. Oh, wait a minute. I missed a whole section on here. Oh, anyways, do we need to back her up? No, it just doesn't matter. Anyways, okay. <laughs> we'll just skip it. It wasn't that important. It had nothing to do with the story. It was just me babbling. <laughs> okay. I just put little it notes was, on my. It was your word count? It, it was, was my it. word count, yes. So now I'm not going to have the word count on here. Um, so anyways, our next Johnny was a lawyer. He was also a former professional engineer. So to say the least, he was very well educated. Nice. And Johnny worked on the 24th floor of of a building in Toronto, Canada. Oh. Yes. So it was based right here in lovely old Canada. Yeah, close to home. Close to home. Yeah, (laughs) only a couple hours away. So in the building, uh, they had this new, I guess not new, but like this new stuff that was called, uh, was for windows and they were supposed to be unbreakable. Oh, okay. Like the the CN Tower has that. Yeah, where you can't, you know, they're supposed to be unbreakable and blah, blah, blah. So what Johnny's favorite thing to do is when people came, he liked to brag about these unbreakable windows and he would run and jump against them and then bounce off of them. That sounds like a really bad idea. Well, they're unbreakable. He's not going to fall out. Well, I'm just thinking that he's going to die somehow and he's bouncing himself off of unbreakable windows. Yes. I'm just like adding the math in my head a little bit, and I'm picturing Johnny flying through the window. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Johnny, there was a class up there, and once again, Johnny decided to show this. And yes, you are right. Oh, hit the window, but the window what kind didn't... of a class like an elementary school outing watching this no, guy. It, no, it wasn't elementary. It was like interns and stuff, oh. or like a college are coming through and stuff like that. According to my understanding, the way it read. Yeah. Now, there's two forms of this story. So one says the glass broke, right, and he went through it. And then a couple other ones that I was looking at, they both said the same thing. So I'm going with that version. Okay, uh, hold on though. I think I've heard this story before and they said it was like the surroundings of yes, the window that Yes, so that's gave, what it was. Yeah. The, the sill actually let go and yeah. the window didn't break. So when he hit it, because he had been jumping against it so many right. times and doing all these tricks that he actually broke loose the this thing on it and it came down. Yeah, because he, he didn't think about that shit when he was bouncing himself on the window every day. No, and he <laughs> was wonder, a professional engineer. <laughs> I wonder if when the window hit the ground, if it broke. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking of why like, did he fly down yeah, like a crazy yeah. carpet and kind of not why it didn't do that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, yes, it gave out and Johnny went out the window and down 24 stories to his death. Oh, that would take a really long time. Yeah, you'd have a long time to think. Yeah. Actually, it was something I think I was reading, and they were saying that because of the speed and stuff going on there, you would actually pass out before you hit the ground. Oh, that's good. I Maybe. would prefer to be passed out if that was happening yeah, to me. Like, <laughs> but they say, yeah, because I guess the speed and the air or whatever and the, and the you know, obvious fear and shock yeah. going through your body, that yeah. you would more than likely pass out before you hit the ground. Yeah. So well, most that's, people that don't makes, know. My, that makes my anxiety levels go down a little bit. Well, there you go. Yes. So if you ever fall out of the window, honey, don't yeah. worry. You'll pass out. <laughs> if you're at the CN Tower bouncing on that plastic glass. Yeah. But I do that. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? That's what it's there for. Well, they, they probably got more structure. And I don't think well, there's I would actually. Think, I would hope. I would hope. Especially since it happened in the same city. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> However, um, I tried to find statistics on this. I did that before, too, when we talked about um, another one. And remember, I brought up that um, Eric Clapton's son. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's not really a whole lot of statistics for finding people that are falling out of the window and stuff. There's lots of statistics that um, for people that are building skyscrapers and stuff that die, like back in the 70s, uh, two in 25 would actually die. If they wow, were building why would you ever pick a career if that was the odds? Like well, how many how many towers are you, or high rises are you going to make before you die? That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, maybe the money was really good though, right? And yeah. Back in the 1920s and, you know, if you get into the dirty 30s when there yeah, wasn't a whole lot of money true. going around, right? You do what you got to do to survive. Well, there's, so. there's that famous picture of the guys that built the Empire State Building and they're sitting on that beam like way too far above the ground eating their lunch like nothing. No, yep. no tie-offs, nothing. Just yep. sitting there eating their lunch. Yep, yep, yep. So anyways, that's all of my stories. That's well, it. That's all. <laughs> Now, you can't tell me my stories were short when you brought that to the table. What are you talking about? <laughs> my stories are always short. That's why I do two. <laughs> and my story would have been longer, but I skipped out a chunk of it, and you interrupted all the time. You like it. Nope, I don't like it. You interrupted all. I never interrupt your stories. <laughs> I think you're supposed to. That's the whole point. Oh. I don't know what's going on with you tonight. You're going to start drinking wine again. This podcast is going to go downhill if you don't get that wine into you. Episode 15 will be Cheryl back. I got my wine back. So it'll be yeah, so good. I won't have my wine back next week or no. the, the week after where we're recording it early. Right? 
Uh, we're doing some things, yes, because we're going on holidays. Right. So there'll be a lot of recording going on and a lot of right. stuff going on. So who knows? It'll be like three weeks before I have my wine back. Oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, just ignore episodes 13 through to 18. <laughs> just give us a pass on those. <laughs> Anyways, this is where we do our call to action. So... Again, if you guys have any stories, anything you want to tell us, anything you'd like to comment about the podcast, tell us how much we suck or how much you love us, yep. you can call or you can email us at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. Um, our listenership is going up in the UK again. I'd really love to hear from somebody just to say, hey, how are you? Yeah, our, UK, <laughs> our UK numbers keep going up. We're still top 100 in Switzerland. I'm stopped. <laughs> Top 100 in UK, no, no. Ukraine. Ukraine no. Yep, yep. These are all my things. You leave me alone. Yes, and uh, yeah. So we got our Instagram stuff. So you can go check that out. Uh, Cheryl posts pictures um, of the stories we talk about and tries to correlate it with some of the stories I talk about. Yep. And I got it out there on Twitter. Um, so yeah, if you ever, I do. I send tweets out once in a while and get in arguments with people. So that's kind of fun. Well, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this time it was arguments with CTV, so oh. <laughs> nothing major. Anyways, <laughs> I'm allowed my opinion. Yes. And they're yes, allowed their right. opinion. That's and true. I didn't trash anybody. I just gave my opinion. And then yeah. a lot of people thought that my opinion was not valid, I guess. But unlike other people, I have thick skin, so I don't care. I'm not going to go cry. Right. I'm offended. Anyways, let's not get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that means we're at the time of this, the podcast that's your favorite. It is. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound you excited. Just, you were practicing dad jokes on me yesterday. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> guess I said, what? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that one. I've used it already. I've used it. <laughs> What about, is butt cheeks one word, or should I spread it apart? Oh, God. <laughs> okay, uh, you can't, you've already practiced these. Ones okay, fine, here you go. Jesus. <laughs> See what I mean by bossy? This is how this whole thing started. The whole thing started with you being bossy, and it's just continued on the whole time. Just shut up and tell your joke. It's probably not even going to be a good one. Arr! Not what I said. That's how you looked. I'm gonna start videotaping her reactions so you guys can see what I'm talking about. Like she had like Wolverine claws coming. Hurry up! Tell your stupid joke. I gotta edit this. Edit this. Yeah, edit this. <laughs> Anyways, what happens when it rains cats and dogs? I don't know. You have to be careful. You don't step in a poodle. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> okay i don't even know what to say to that one <laughs> you're like that's awesome okay that's I'm awesome baby <laughs> good job good job thank you thank you very much <laughs> all right this is your favorite host rob riches signing off have a good night but this is your actual favorite hope host share hope. <laughs> hope. i hope i'm your favorite i hope <laughs> Anyways, goodbye. <laughs>